0: This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show. I don't even know what number this is.
1: Every time, every time. You don't even know how to read. Show 267.
2: I had always had it in my mind okay, you have to buy a house with 20% down, you have to go to a bank you have to check all these boxes. That's the only way to do it. And then I started you know, meeting people who had been doing it differently. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm able to, to do deals a, a bit more creatively. And that's where, where things really just started to, to click for me in real estate. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.
0: What is going on, everyone? This is Brandon, today's host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And uh, I am a lucky man today because here with me as my amazing co-host is Mindy L. Jensen.
1: Thank you, Brandon. I am not Mindy L. Jensen. I am Dang Mindy it. S. Jensen.
0: We did that once before, and I thought I remembered it would be an L, but maybe that's because Ooh, my mom's you middle name wrong. is L. Not that I think yes. of you as my isn't, mom, but- you Isn't
1: know. Rosie's middle name L?
0: It is Rosie Louise. You
1: know? Yeah. I could almost yeah. be your mom. You You're could like 12.
0: almost. I am 16. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Uh, how's it
0: going? How's, uh, how's life?
1: Life is going really well. Good. I am uh, having a great time. Our new show, Bigger Pockets Money, is really taking off. And isn't um, Guy,
0: Guy on Fire on there on Monday?
1: Guy on Fire is on there on Monday, talking about real estate. It is um, actually a real estate related show this time. He tells us how he is using real estate to further his financial independence goals. So it was a great episode, and you should listen. You should listen, Brandon, and anybody I listening here who likes real estate should also listen to. Maybe so, I will. But. Today is not the Guy on Fire episode. Today, we have Nat the Beard Borchers.
0: Did you just make that nickname up just now?
1: No, that's his, like, if you look up the Nat, Nat the Beard Borchers, it's oh, all funny. over the place. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. He's uh, he's Nat the Beard. Have you, you remember what he looks like? He's got this huge beard. He it's does. an impressive beard, unlike some.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're referring to your own beard that you wore for the first, like, five minutes of the show, that if you're yeah, watching this on YouTube, itchy. you'll see it. Yeah, it is this itchy.
1: Itchy. Here we go. I'll I'll give you a sneak peek.
0: Okay, thanks. Oh, there you and, go. Fantastic. And do you remember
1: why I bought this beard in the first place?
0: Because you dressed up like me for her Halloween.
1: Yeah. I dressed up like you for Halloween
0: yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> all right so uh, other than that yeah today's show was fantastic I mean I love his story um Nat is a was a professional soccer player football if you're over in other parts of the country and uh he, or world he, other parts of the world other parts of the world and he it's <laughs> got uh, just a cool story of like buying rental properties having somebody else manage them scaling his business from one property
3: and then something more something more super cool so anyway Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at DealMachine.com slash BP. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible.
1: Quick tip. Sorry, I didn't know really, you were going there.
0: really, really delayed. I'm going there. Uh, today's so quick tip this is very, very good. quick. Very uh, quick. We talk about on the show about uh, connecting with people in your local area at meetups. So do me a favor this week. Go to biggerpockets.com slash events, E-V-E-N-T-S, uh, which I screw up in the recording later. I say the wrong URL. You'll hear that, Mindy yelling at me. But it is biggerpockets.com slash events. And find a local event in your area and attend it this month. That's what I want to challenge you guys to do, uh, especially if you're an introvert and you don't like doing that. I want to challenge you go do it. You'll find an event. In fact, uh, I'm going to be hosting like a few just events here while I'm in Hawaii for the next few months. So if you're in Hawaii, in Oahu, come hang out with me at Starbucks and uh, check biggerpockets.com events to find out when and where.
1: Oh, I am going to host an event. I just discovered this about five minutes ago when you brought it up. (laughs) Um, I'm going to host an event in Portland at the end of March. I'm going to be there for, uh, my husband is running the Hop Hop Half Marathon. So if you're looking for a run, come out and join us. If you want to meet up and talk real estate, I to be determined or to be announced.
0: To be announced.
1: To be announced. But yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't get out to Portland all that often. So that'll be a lot of fun to meet some port. Landians,
0: I, I think that's how you would say it. Port, I, would tell you to go to, I would tell you to go to like Voodoo Donuts, but now you have one of those in, in Denver. So it's not as cool. I do. Yeah. I do. But
1: I still have to go to the original.
0: Yeah, it is pretty um, sweet.
1: Yeah. So anyway. um, I would like to further challenge your, your listeners, our listeners. Our listeners. Um, not only do I want you to go to an event. I want you to talk to somebody, walk up to them and say, what kind of real estate do you and, well, (laughs) you don't just walk up to them. What kind of real estate (laughs) do you do? What do you do? (laughs) Walk up to them. Hi, my name is, what kind of real estate investing do you do? Perfect. Oh, I do this. Oh, that's great. That's what I want to do too. And then you just made a best new friend. Besties. New best
0: BFFFs.
1: Forever and ever and ever. BFFFs.
0: All right, moving on. We got to, we got to do this show. Are you ready? We to have to in? do
1: this show. We should bring Nat in because, really, we it's should. his show, not ours.
0: Yeah, there you okay, go. Okay, so. Right. All right, Nat. Welcome to the Bigger Pockets podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Excited to be here.
1: I'm excited yeah, so,
0: to have you. So, Mindy tells me you're a sportsing guy or something.
2: You're you're some kind of sportsy guy. Is that correct?
1: He's a sports fan. Yeah, huh? I,
2: I I used to play professional soccer, so I, I had a professional soccer career for about 14 years, and just hung up my boots about a year ago. Wow. Wow. What's that
0: transition? I know we're going to talk about real estate investing, but I don't know. What's that transition like? I've always wondered that from somebody who plays like for a career,
2: they play a sport and then they stop. What was that like? Uh, I mean, it was tough for sure. I, you know, a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do next? And uh, you know, what's, what does life look like? You know, when you go and and do this job for 14 years. And I mean, it's really, I looked at it as kind of a part-time job because it wasn't, uh, you know, you're not going to clock in at nine, leaving at five, you know, you're really clocking at nine, leaving at, you know, 11 most days. So uh, I had plenty, plenty of time to to figure it out though. And I mean, that's really where real estate came in for me.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So uh very first deal, was
2: that pre uh, leaving soccer or is that post? So first deal was in, uh, in 2005. So I, I was living in Denver, Colorado. I'm sure you guys, men, you know wh- where that is. And, uh, um, I'm familiar. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, um, uh, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, heard a lot about real estate investing and I pulled you know, rich dad, poured off dad off the shelf and read that cover cover. And, you know, really was thinking, wow, you know, what the heck do I, I do after I'm done playing professional soccer, cause it's an industry where you literally have to retire when you're in your mid thirties. I mean, if you're lucky to play that long. So I was like, I got to figure something out for this next step. So, uh, went and bought a, a house uh, with a, a friend of mine. We partnered on the deal. I got to go back and say my first professional contract was $11,000 a year. So it wasn't like I was making a ton of money, but I, I got a $5,000 bonus my rookie season. And I used that to as a down payment on my first property in Denver. And we was, it was an estate sale. I think we, um, we went in there, we, there was like, it was really the height of the market back in 2005. And uh, we, we got in with uh, an institutional investor. Somebody was trying to buy it all cash. And my real estate agent convinced uh, the sellers to to sell it to two guys who had never done a deal before. So (laughs) pretty, pretty excited.
0: That's awesome. So this is back in 2005. So you bought at the height of the market. What happened to that deal? Did it, do you still have it? Do you hang to it?
2: No. So I, uh, you know, we, what we ended up doing, I mean, the house was in a real state of disrepair and, you know, every, every day after practice, I'd come home and, you know, we, we would do a little bit of work, you know, I'd be like laying subfloor with my buddy, laying tile and, uh, just, I mean, it was a hodgepodge of, repairs we had to make. And I remember thinking, man, I can't, I can't do this for a living. Cause I'd, I'd come home from practice to be tired. And then I'd go and I'd try to rehab a house. And it was like, what am I doing with my life? I feel, I feel awful. I'm like tired all the time. So, it, you know, we ended up getting the house ready to, to rent out. We lived in it for a period of time. I moved on to go play soccer in, in Europe and I rented out my room and I kept the house, I think till 2013 and then, then sold it.
1: So you did all the work yourself. You did most of the work yourself.
2: I would say we did majority of the work. We we had to bring in our, our skilled labor guys for the electrical, and you know we had some plumbing stuff. Uh, but we did most of the stuff ourselves. You know the, the tile work that was actually pretty fun. Uh, we did all the painting work ourselves, and uh, we refinished the hardwood floors ourselves. So uh, we we got down and dirty. It, it was a it was a good time.
1: The electrical isn't really all that hard. You could just do it. That's a beginner project.
2: A yeah, the- <laughs> I don't I don't I don't trust myself. These fingers aren't very nimble. <laughs> That's funny. Electrical is funny because
0: I feel like ele- electrical is better than plumbing in my mind because electrical like, it either works or doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, it just burns down your house. So like, you know, pretty clearly, I feel like if it, if it works or not, it's just a little bit more dangerous, you know? <laughs> it
1: just burns yeah, down yeah. your house. It just Whatever. burns down your
0: house. Whatever. It's a minor <laughs> thing. You have insurance. That's what your
2: insurance is for, right?
0: I'm just—I'm kidding to everybody. And by the way, don't don't do your own electrical. I've I've actually done a lot of my own electrical back when it was okay to do. They actually changed a lot to make it not okay for landlords to do. Their I know, size. Yeah. such a good bummer. And wow, I know.
1: So my, method. I, I
0: I will I still you know replace a light here and there. If uh, yeah, I can call an yeah. electrician and have them come over and replace a light for like two hundred and fifty bucks, or I can just do it in like eight minutes. So you know, I didn't say that out loud, but I may still do a little electrical. We'll but have Dave cut good
1: that. Good
2: for you, man. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't do that stuff anymore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually don't, I haven't done actually a bit of like labor in a while and I wanted to actually go there with you. Like when, when did you get out of actually doing your own work or, or did you ever?
2: No, that was the the first and last time I I think I (laughs) I really ever did it. So I, uh, you know, after, after, uh, after moving on from that deal, uh, you know, I just started doing, you know, doing more deals. And, you know, like I said, I went to, uh, to play soccer in in Europe for a couple of years and I owned property over there, believe it or not. And then came back to the States and into Salt Lake City, which is where I really started, you know, I joined up with Aria and I started learning about, you know, more creative ways to buy properties. And, you know, I, I, had always had it in my mind, okay, you have to buy a house with 20% down. You have to go to a bank, you have to check all these boxes. That's the only way to do it. And then I started you know, meeting people who had been doing it differently. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm able to, to do deals a, a bit more creatively. And that's where, where, things really just started to, to click for me in real estate.
0: So I want to I want to touch on this for a minute because you brought up a really, really good point. A lot of people, they just assume that this is like there's like this box. You're like, you have to check. You have, and that's what a bank wants you to believe. Right. Like I hear that from new people all the time. Oh, I can't do real estate because I don't have my debt to income is too high or I can't do real estate because of this or whatever, because some bank told them that they couldn't do it. But I love the fact that you said you got around other people who were doing it. And all of a sudden you realize there was another way. I think that's such a a key part of trying to succeed in anything, but especially real estate investing is find those people, go to those real estate clubs, meet people uh, to throw in a plug here, go to biggerpockets.com slash meet everybody. Uh, Not meet everybody, just slash meet. And like, (laughs) there's like, I was there the other day, actually. It's like a free site, a free page on Bigger Pockets where people like just post to their meetups. And uh, there's like a hundred, at least a hundred meetups around the country, like right now, like that are coming up here in the next few weeks. So there's probably one in your area, and if not, start one. Like it's such a good way uh, to network with people. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump
1: in here and correct you because meet is not. Oh, oh, you're right. It is
0: events. Bigger Pockets has events.
1: Yes, biggerpockets.com slash Same events. Thing. <laughs> wow, Brandon, maybe Same. you should spend some more time Same. on the site. Ugh, yeah,
0: maybe really
1: I. <laughs> Luckily, you vacation. have
0: me. Too, right much, too much huh? sun, up apparently. All right, biggerpockets.com slash events. You can okay. go there and you can learn some good stuff about meetups. All right. So I want to, I want to fast forward to the your career and then go backwards just so people get an idea of what you've done so far. So can you give us like a layout of your big, your investments as a whole? Like how many units do you have now or what, what type of investment do you do mostly today? Uh, what does your business currently look like? And then we'll go back to the beginning. Sure.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I, I look at real estate. I used to look at real estate a lot differently than I do today. I used to look at it as, okay, I got to get a certain number of units a certain mm-hmm. amount of cash flow. I look at it more of a, a, as a revenue from a revenue standpoint, and there's a certain amount of revenue I want to achieve. But currently uh, I've got uh, 24 uh, units uh, and I think I've got about, you know, comprised of about 16 or so properties. So there's some, awesome. some duplexes, some, you know, uh, the seven plexes in there and I'm on a contract on 28 more houses that I'm going to close on in on March 1st. So I'm kind of at this stage in the game where I'm like, okay, I'm going from here to here and just really experiencing a lot of growth. So then a lot of that is 1031. A lot of that is just seeing appreciation in in the Salt Lake market and my current market is Salem uh, and that's where I'm I'm doing most of my deals.
1: Okay, so you said 1031. Can you quickly just tell us what a 1031 exchange is for those of us who don't know, like Brandon?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've heard Brandon's (laughs) never done a 1031 before. I have never um, done one.
1: Brandon's never done anything. He's a big (laughs) faker.
2: Yeah, I, I can tell. It's he seems that way. He's, he's not beardy, Brandon. I know that. I'm, I know. I'm very less beardy, Brandon today. Yeah, you should feel. You should
1: feel way worse,
0: Brandon. I'm. I know. I feel like. I know. Normally, I've got the longest beard in the
2: room. Today, I am. Uh, I am coming up short. Wait, can we? Can we say something real quick? We got to get this out of the way. Please. So before before I got on BP before I, I talked to, to Mindy I had this idea in my head Brandon that you were like five foot two that you were just like this <laughs> little short guy uh, who was out there like little fifth week doing de- doing deals like talking to everybody out real wow like wow like, like, like a Chihuahua in the purse and and now, <laughs> and, now, and then maybe he's like did you know Brandon's like six foot five he's like really tall I was like and and a half six foot five and a half I was like I was like, no way! I, I don't believe that. That's not possible. <laughs> really? It just doesn't go with like your voice, man. So that's I'm like, funny. <laughs> I, I,
0: apparently, I need to talk like this. Hi, my name's Brandon, you and I'm six foot like 5
2: that. You'll scare and a off. scarce. Yeah, and a half. half. Scare yeah. and and a half. That, you know? Okay. Okay. I think your voice to be a friend. I'm sorry. I, just, I got if angelic. Angelic is the word you're, you're like looking Justin for. Timberlake at the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to, you know, talk to you and be around you because you have that voice. And
0: yeah, i'm not I'm not gonna lie. That's not the first time somebody said I'm just like Justin Timberlake. I mean I, I get that a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's the way I look or just the way I sing and the way I dance, I don't know. but uh, I'm guessing it's none there. of
1: that. <laughs> okay, also- so.
0: We're going to go back to 1031s and talk about that, right? Yeah, I, that's I what wanna, we
1: were talking about.
0: Because I have, I just did, I just did one and it was,
2: uh, it was, it was hell, but it was fun. So what is a 1031? Yeah, so uh, a 1031 exchange, I think is one of the greatest wealth generators ever made in the history of the tax code whatever you want to call it. So a 1031 exchange basically is, is a way to defer a gain from the sale of one property into the sale, the purchase of another property. And so for example, you can, you can sell one property. Let's just say you, you bought it for a hundred, you sold it for 200. You can take hundred thousand dollars of that gain, not pay any taxes on it and buy, let's say a 10 unit building for $500,000 with hundred thousand dollars down.
1: And not pay any taxes.
2: And not pay any taxes. And I didn't understand it until I did it. And, and for me, it was more about income stream. It was about taking this small little income stream that I have from this property that was single family and just multiplying it by like four or five. And it was a great way to leverage. It was a great way to tap that equity and. I, I just see so many benefits in doing that, and I think a lot of people they get to a certain point in real estate investing and they don't want to go any further because they're comfortable. But I think if you want to get to that next level, I think the 1031 exchange is a great way to go.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the thing that killed me with the 1031 exchange was the uh, the 45 days. So you know, they gave you 45 days to identify a property, you have to pick the property. And people listen to the, who have been listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast for the last year probably know my my like. Uh, Cause every week I would report like how it was going anyways. I actually got my, I ended up selling one property, bought two and I got it un, uh, under contract. Therefore, like I I identified it or whatever on day 45 at like 7 PM. Like it was like my last day and I did not know if I was going to get it. I could not find a deal. I could not find even anything to identify. You don't technically have to have it under contract to identify, but I wanted to like know what I was buying. Cause you can only identify three unless you get some other random rules. If you guys want to know more about that, uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes of this page to a couple articles about 1031 exchanges. So uh, go to biggerpockets.com. slash show, what are we at, Mindy?
1: 267.
0: 267. So show 267. You can learn a lot more about 1031s. But yeah, they are a fantastic way to grow wealth, to scale up and to kind of, I like to say you're partnering with the government. The government's like, here, I know you owe us a bunch of money, but well, you've been pretty good with that money, so why don't you take it and put it in your next deal? I'll partner with you. And then then they're like, we'll get our money later. And then next time, they're like, All right, hey, you did a good job again. Why don't you take it again? But they just give you that stupid 45-day identification and six months to close. Anyway, weird.
1: So I want to make a correction. I said you pay no oh. taxes. You kick the uh, tax yeah. can down yeah. the road. Eventually, you're going to have to pay taxes unless you die. So Unless you die. Unless, unless you which, die, uh, and then, which is actually kind of the best choice because then your kids – your kids get the property not at what you paid for it value, but at what its its current value is. So then they're yep. only paying capital. Like it resets the the tax basis or the the yep. cost basis. What basis mm-hmm. does it reset? One of those bases. Yeah, bases. So basically,
0: base, <laughs> I, Yeah, basically <laughs> However, that is. So as long as long as that tax code doesn't change, I mean, my plan and maybe it's your plan, too. Now, my plan is just to keep buying properties in 1031 uh, into more and more passive properties. So like eventually I'll just 1031 into like a shopping mall or something, you know, that's just like or Amazon warehouse, whatever that's popular in 20, or 30 years from now. And like just ride out like a four percent return, whatever, until I die. And then my, my kids will just get the, the, the full amount with no tax due. That's my thinking.
2: And why not? I mean, you you can do it in perpetuity, right? You can just keep doing it as long as you want to do it. And as long as you have the energy to go out and chase a deal and put it all together and it's fun for sure. And all you have to do is is, is die. Like you said, Mindy and everything's good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just plan on dying. That's how you end your 1031 (laughs) exchange saga. Uh, So you said chase a deal. How are you finding these deals? You told me before we started recording that you just closed Mm -hmm. yesterday on a seven unit property. How'd you find that deal?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I'd have to go back to Salt Lake City and oh. mention that I, I took a, a boot camp back in the day from a, a good, uh, you know, he was a mentor. Now he's a friend of mine, Matt Atkinson, and, and he is this mortgage broker, does a lot of, you know, the financing side, but he's a real estate investor as well. And he just did this, you know, this six week course. We we went in every Monday uh, for a couple hours. We just cold called people and, you know, we did it to for sale by owners, but we did it also and we called people. Uh, landlords who were like tired landlords who were renting their houses on Craigslist or ah, on Zillow, and it was just a great way to to find people. Say, hey, like you're renting your house, that's awesome. What would you think about not having the headaches of managing said property, and we could maybe put together a deal? And it was uh, an amazing way to find properties. There, there were obviously we. we you know, we got hung up on plenty, but we also got a lot of deals. And, uh, you know, that's when the creative side of things kind of kicked in. It was like, do some lease optioning, you know, do some contract for deeds, do some seller financing, subject to things, uh, all ways to buy properties with, you know, little, no money down. I love that. I I tell people this all the time that strategy, and I love hearing that that it worked for you.
0: You know, like the idea of like if you, especially if you have no money, you can't go and send out thousands of dollars in direct mail. You're just getting started, let's say, and you're like, well, how do I find a deal? It's a competitive market. I always tell people just go on Craigslist every single week, pull a list of every mom and pop landlord who's listing their properties for rent. You can tell who's the landlords and who's the property managers uh, because usually much crappier ads. And then like they give you their phone number like right in the ad. Like it doesn't get any easier. It's like here, call. I'm a property owner, and most landlords suck and they hate being a landlord like most people are just really bad at being landlords so like yeah you might get hung up on nine times out of ten but like that one out of ten they might be like yeah i might be interested and then out of ten of those people maybe one of them's gonna sell your house it's just a giant funnel so yeah i love that that worked for you
2: no Super exactly cool. it was it was and it was uh you know i'm not a big fan of cold calling. Uh, You know, I, I can't just sit down and just like bang out cold calls all day long, but I, you know, there is a ton of value in just calling somebody, uh, introducing yourself and saying, Hey, you know, are you interested in this opportunity? And uh, you know, you don't have to give them a hard sell. You don't have to be shady about it. You just go in and say, Hey, you know, this is, you know, what I'm presenting to you. What do you think about it? And if they say no, at least you asked, I mean, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing you have to have the courage to, to ask.
1: And what's the worst thing they can say? Is no, yep. they're not going to no, come over yeah. and shoot you. They're not going to kidnap <laughs> your child. They're just so. going to say no. Maybe they hang up on you. Yeah. Maybe they say a bad word. You're going to yeah. hear a lot as the landlord. You're going to hear a lot of bad words. So, you know, toughen up mm. your ears. But And just mm-hmm. getting comfortable calling people and talking to people because yeah. there are a lot of people that are just introverts and they don't feel comfortable just calling some random person. What's mm-hmm. the worst that can happen?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually reading a great book right now. I don't know if you guys have read it. It's called How to Work a Room by Susan Rohn. It is a really good book. It talks about how uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who, who consider themselves introverts. And, uh, you know, they they really you you walk into a room, right? And and you're nervous. You're like, what do I say? What do I do? I think everybody gets that feeling because a lot of times yeah. we walk into rooms, right? As real estate investors, uh, we go to these meetups or areas or and it's like everybody's a stranger. OK, what do I say? What do I how do I talk? How do I conduct myself? And it's just a great way to 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 get out of that you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and go smile and just meet somebody and have a good conversation and, and just practice uh, networking and, and practice you know, talking to people. It's just such an important skill as a real estate investor.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Can you share any like tangible tips that you've, you've learned over the years about doing that? Like somebody right now, let's say who's in that exact position right now. They want to go to a real estate club. They're
2: nervous. They're an introvert or they just don't like big groups. Like how do they, what do they say? What do they do to break the ice? You know, I, I think you know how to win friends and influence people is one of the, the best books i've ever read and it's just about asking questions and and everybody wants to talk about themselves right everybody yep. wants to say hey this is me this is what i do uh, find you find somebody's passion you just talk about it. If if somebody's at a real estate investors association meeting, they're there to talk about real estate and they're probably proud of the fact they've done a deal or they've structured it this way or that. And, and you just ask them, okay, how did you do it? Uh, You know, what motivates you? Uh, Where are you from? You just kind of get on that road. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've made a connection, you made a relationship and you're not doing anything other than asking somebody questions and trying to just pick their brain a little bit about what they did to be successful.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like, the question thing is what is like well, my go-to because I'm kind of an introvert in, in big groups. Josh always makes fun of me for that. Uh, yeah, you've seen me at parties. Come on,
1: you just like, stand I, in the I, corner I, and be tall exactly, so everybody can see I, you.
0: That's exactly what I do. You I do stand that in the corner. You're introverted? Yep. Yeah, of course I'm introverted.
1: Oh yeah. my god, no, you're well. not. You, know, you keep using that word. It is, I do not think it means what you think it means.
2: It's funny. I, I think in the book, Su- Susan says something about eighty percent of us think we're introverted. When when you look at most people, you think, oh, that person is not actually introverted, but they think they're introverted, right? They have in their mind, oh, I'm introverted. I don't really like to talk to people that much, and it's hard to talk to people sometimes. But you know, when you get out there and, and you you get that positive vibe going, it's I think, I think it's a lot of fun.
0: Man, I, I just I, I just put this on my on my. Uh, I think with Instagram or Twitter the other day, like, like I said, like when I go to Walmart, like I will, like I try not to, but when I go to Walmart, I will wait in line longer if I have to in the self checkout, just so I don't have to talk to anybody. Like I, I, if I could just go through my entire life without talking to people, see, that's why I say like, like deep down, I like, I have to force myself now Skype call is Great. Because I can talk all I want and you can't do anything about it. And there's only three of us, you know, forget about the hundreds of thousands of people listening. But uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Don't anyway. forget
1: about the hundreds of thousands of people listening. I appreciate you listeners. Send Thanks, hate Mindy. mail to Brandon at.
0: They they appreciate you too. Uh, all right. So I want to, I want to un, un-derail this a little bit. No, this is actually really good. Uh, but I want to, I want to mention one more thing about the Craigslist thing is that like when you're calling somebody, a, a landlord and whether or not it's Craigslist or you just meet him at a real estate club or whatever, like, People love new investors, like if they're not annoying. And what I mean by like, let's say you're an experienced investor and somebody calls you and said, hey, I'm brand new to this thing, uh, real estate, and I'm really looking to get my first deal. And, you know, Bob said to talk to you or I saw your uh, information on Craigslist and you look like you know what you're doing you know, can I talk to you about that for a minute? Like very few people are going to be like, no sleazeball and hang up the phone. Like people like helping people when you're earnest about it. So like use that, like that's such an yeah. amazing skill. Like you have is being a newbie. If you're a newbie, like, yeah, use that. I mean, I'll even use that. Even though I'm not a newbie, like when I get around people who are more experienced, like I'm like, I'm never like bragging like, Oh, here's what I've done. And what? Like, I just like, I'm like, Oh man, you're awesome. You've done amazing stuff. Teach me. And then they love that. Cause like you said, everyone likes talking about themselves. So Absolutely. And then
2: sure. I, I go back to that 2000, 2008 is when I started going to that, that RIA and I was sitting in the front row. I didn't know anybody there. Cause of course, like I'm playing professional soccer. I've got this bubble I live in. And then I'm going to this like new place where it's all these new people. And I have no idea what the language is like. I have no idea what the deal rate and term financing. I have no idea what these terms are these people are talking about. And then I just kind of started learning. I started, you know, slowly networking. And, you know, I tried not to be too annoying with my questions, like you said. And yeah. so, you know, you know I, I've got some friends in the game and they're helping me, you know, somebody's helping me find a deal over here and somebody's helping me finance it over here. And it's like, you know, it's just a relationship type of the thing.
1: Yeah, so you you touched on a couple of things that I really want to point out. You said, I have no idea what the language is like. I have no idea what the terms yeah. mean. That's really big that. Okay. First of all, that's a huge clue that you're a newbie is when you don't know the language. So, you know, the first time you go, maybe you don't talk to a lot of people. Maybe you just sit there and listen and, you know, come to bigger pockets afterwards and look up all of these terms and figure out what they mean. So, you know what you're talking about, but also just, you know, Listening to what other people have to say when you don't have a lot to say. My favorite question when I go to a m- meetup is, Oh, what kind of real estate investing do you do? Again, because people like to talk about themselves and it's a nice yeah. icebreaker. In real life, nobody gives a frog's fat backside about real estate. How many people do you know <laughs> that like, nobody does Is My- that a phrase? It is. Wow. Trademarked wow. by wow. me, but nobody. Good job. Well, I-, I actually use a different word sometimes. Um, a
2: toad's
1: toads fat backside. Uh, But I mean, nobody cares. I'm driving down the road. I'm like, oh, look at that house and look at this. And my kids in the back, I don't care, mom. All my friends are like, yeah, that's great. And you can tell that they totally don't care. So going to one of these places, you know, finding an, an experienced investor who also has all these people in their life that don't care about real estate it's nice to be able to talk to somebody. That's one of the reasons why so many experienced investors are on bigger pockets because they found their tribe. So you, if you really like real estate, go to these places and talk to these people. They want to talk to you.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've never turned down a, an opportunity to help somebody who, who's new to the game, especially, especially uh, there's a lot of young investors out there who are like uh, trying to figure out, okay, what do I, what do I do with, you know, this, this money I have, or how do I uh, position myself to retire early in life? You know, wh- how do I do this? And I'm like, I'm all about helping you do that because that's what I'm doing right now. And that's been my, my dream uh, for so long. And it's like, nobody's going to turn you down who, you know, who wants to see, I I want to see more people in real estate. I want to see people understand it more. I want to see people invest in it more because I think it's just a great way to achieve financial freedom. Yeah. I I totally agree.
0: Cool. All right. So I'm going to go, let's go into some specifics. So you, uh, you mentioned you just closed on a property. I think that was before we said recording, but can we talk about that? What did you, what did you just buy?
2: Yeah, so I just bought a sevenplex here in in lovely Salem, Oregon. This is where I uh, I do my investing now. I, I live up in Portland, but this is about a thirty minute drive down here to, to Salem. What's,
0: can we talk about that for just a second before we go into the deal? What's the average purchase price around in Portland? Because I hear people complaining about Portland all the time.
2: Uh, yeah, so so purchase price for a uh, three four bedroom house is is around four hundred thousand dollars. Now, what's it in Salem for the for a similar house? Two eighty five. So.
0: By driving a half hour, it drops that price dramatically where people say, I can't invest in Portland. I live in an expensive city. I can't invest there. I better sit on the couch and watch TV every day. Like exactly. that's right. Right you figured out
2: a solution. Yeah. Well, and, and I've heard you guys talk all the time about, uh, you know, investing in, in, in markets, uh, you know, outside of the area you live in, because a lot of people do live in these these markets where you just can't find cash flowing properties. Right. And, and literally I I looked, I spent a long time, you know, looking at markets around here. I looked at Portland and I was like, this is crazy. I'm not going to be able to do my business in Portland. I looked at, you know, North in Vancouver. I looked, you know, at at some other areas and I I found Salem and I found a, a great team down here. And, it is just a, a great place to do business, and and very, you know, very much speaks to the cash flow business. I like to I like to to build. Awesome.
0: So tell us about the property. Where'd you find it? How'd you find it? What'd you pay for it?
2: Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a sevenplex. Uh, every single unit is a two bedroom, one bath. We've got about a thousand square feet uh, in each unit, and the each unit has a one uh, one car detached garage. Purchase price was eight fifteen. I found the, the property from my, my real estate uh, agent. He, he's the one who found it for me. And I've actually found a lot of my deals recently just through him because he's just, he's a stud. He finds really great values for me and I don't have to crank on the phones all day long. So, so, uh, was this
1: one listed on the MLS?
2: Yes, it was. Okay. It was listed. Yep it was. Okay. And so what are the units rent for each? Uh, so currently, you know, my, my play has always been value add. So I always yep. find these, I think most people do, they, they find these properties that have been just, you know, not taken care of. They, they've been beaten down. Uh, it's, it's mom and pop mom and pop owners, you know, people who don't really know what market rents are. And that's, I mean, the biggest value I always see in knowing your market is knowing your rents. Like if you know your rents, you really can drill down and, okay, what's going to be my return on investment in this property. So, you know, in this instance, uh, I think all the, the units are running for somewhere around $700 a month and uh market is a, between a thousand and 1200. So, Oh, wow. Um, you know, so, you, you know, the obviously one of the units is already rented for 1150, And so we know that there is a market for it. And then a couple of units, uh, one unit is vacant. Another unit, I think we're going to have to deal with a, a problem in terms of maybe an eviction, which is going to always be fun. But uh, the rest of them are, are currently rented. So we're going to have to give notices and, and uh, try to, you know, increase the rents.
0: Are you going to increase the rent? Because it's something I always question when I buy a property that's under rented. Do you... Jack it up on everyone to get it to market rate right away, assuming you might lose some, or do you leave them in place and when they leave, you raise the rent, or do you do it gradually? How do you view that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say the conservative me back in the day would have just. Uh, increase gradually. But now I'm at a point in time where I've already factored in, okay, I'm going to have a significant amount of vacancies. And I'd rather uh, deal with the vacancies initially and, and raise those rents to market versus, you know, gradually deal with, uh, uh, you know, lower rents uh, for the next six months to a year. So my focus for the next month or so is to get these uh, notices out to the tenants, let them know that we're going to increase these rents. And, you know, a lot of the units are not in great shape. So we're going to have to go in and you know, get the paint in the carpet and uh, get them fixed up to run out to to market.
0: Yeah. And it you know, I think that the answer to that question also a lot depends on, you know, where you're at in life. You said like earlier, would maybe it wouldn't been different when I started out. Yeah. I would, I didn't have the money to just have everyone leave suddenly and to go in and remodel seven or eight, you know, seven units. Like, uh, today, my investing is a little bit different, so I could. Uh, but interesting to note about that. like, so I, told, I sold my 24-unit apartment building. That was a 1031. I sold it, what, six months ago now? Anyway, my average rents were like 530, probably on average, uh, where i had been raised. And I'm, I'm, we're pretty good about raising rent. Just like, you know, I I don't know. I let people who were there, I just slowly raised their rent by 10 or 15 because I didn't want people to move. I just kind of maintained a good investment. Anyway, the guy who bought it, the day we closed, he went and delivered notices, jacked everyone's rent up to 595. Nobody moved. And so like he just immediately like day one (laughs) increased his cash flow by like whatever that is, 24 times 50. Like, Uh, Crazy.
2: Like, and I'm like, dang it, I should have totally done that. (laughs) And and here's, and here's what, and here's what's awesome about that is, is I look at real estate is there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. And it's like a a lot of times you're not taking from somebody to to pay yourself. Like you obviously need, wanted to get out to do a 1031 exchange, right? So you were able to take your gain and get into something else. He was able to take an asset he thought wasn't performing where it should be. And he was able to make, able to make it better immediately. So it's like, it's almost like a win-win, I think, you know, if you're, if you're really, looking at it from from the numbers side of things. And, And I think that's what's great about that story.
0: Yeah. Well, and what's cool. Yeah. Again, like people, oftentimes they think that real estate is a win lose situation, whatever, but like I was tired of that property. Like exactly what you said, like it, it worked out to a, win. he got exactly what he wanted. I got exactly what I wanted. Uh He had the infrastructure in town cause he had his own management and his own maintenance people. I had like three employees under him owned a bunch of other apartments, so he could run it way more efficiently than I could. Uh And so like he even, I would say he even probably overpaid, like I would not have paid, what he paid because like I would have to, you know, I have different infrastructure. So again, like there are ways to, to, and that's why to go back to wrap to the conversation we had earlier, when you talk to people on the phone, you're not necessarily taking advantage. You're not trying to take advantage of them. You're trying to figure out, is there a win-win that we can come up with? And most real estate investors get that. Uh, And so don't be afraid to have those conversations. Maybe what is a great deal to you, you know, isn't to somebody else or vice versa. So,
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. So cool. I want to talk about these rents right, and the leases yeah. themselves. You have seven units and how mm-hmm. many are vacant currently?
2: Uh, so we've got, I believe we've got one vacancy.
1: Okay. One vacancy. We've got
2: what, but we've got also, we got one tenant who hasn't been paying rent for the last, I believe, month and a half. So we've got to, and, and the leases are, you know, the, the a lot of these tenants have been in, in this in this building for years and years and years. And some of them even paid non-refundable security deposits, which I don't think is even legal. Uh, so that's one of those uh, situations that the, their leases, I just don't think are airtight like they should be. So we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to really tiptoe around this and make sure we, we do things right. Hey, Mindy,
0: okay. if somebody, if, if there's a landlord out there who wants to have an airtight lease, a good lawyer reviewed lease that's state specific, oh. how, How would they go about doing that, Mindy?
1: Wow, Brandon, that's a really good question. I think they should go to biggerpockets.com slash LL forms to get a state specific lease for their particular state. And we sell them in 15 states right now, but we are ramping up to do all 50 plus Washington, D.C., which conveniently enough has different laws.
2: Ooh, are you in, in Oregon?
1: Oregon? Uh, are we in Oregon? I don't know. Let's go over here to biggerpockets.com slash <laughs> LL. Oops. I don't know how to spell LL forms. And see LL if is spelled
0: are... LL. There's actually two L's. LL.
1: Brandon, I don't know what I would do without you. We're not currently it's... in Oregon yet. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we will, be. will be. I'll we send will you a letter be. when yep. we are.
2: We will be.
0: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> anyway, so so, that, so you got the seven units. Or yes, uh, currently and- uh, yeah.
1: One, we, we have five more bacon. to discuss. We have five yes, more to okay. discuss. So okay. you said they, are they on month to month leases? Are they on annual leases? Like, are they all, can you raise the rent right now? Because I would like to point out to people who may not be aware, once you buy the property, you have to honor the lease until it ends.
2: Yeah. So they're all month to month leases right now.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you can yeah. with 30 or 60 days notice, depending on your state's yeah. landlord tenant laws, you can 60, raise the rent. Yeah. 60. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ew, that or, stinks.
2: Uh, it's only 30 here. Uh, yeah. So Oregon, Oregon is very tenant friendly. So there's something I, I've learned to, I've learned as I've invested more here in Oregon versus Utah, which is much much more uh, landlord friendly, you know, is that, uh, you know, the, the tenants have a, a lot more, you know, in terms of, I guess, rights and, and it's just more different difficult to, to move, move rents up. And you're seeing even in, in Portland, it's crazy there some landlords are having to pay tenants moving expenses when they take over some of these properties, just based on some of the new laws that have been uh, moved through the legislature. So it can be a kind of scary as a landlord. Definitely. You have to know, know your laws. You
1: definitely yeah, have definitely. to
2: know your laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So you bought this property for $815,000 and you Correct. put zero down. Did you do this with no money and no, bad credit? No, I,
2: <laughs> no, no. I, I uh, So I in this in this particular instance, I, I, I use my own money for the down payment. It was about one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, you know, with uh, the finance fees and everything like that. And I have a uh, you know, what what I've built up in, in the in the past um, year or so is a relationship with a portfolio lender. And so this is a commercial lender. And this is something I'm not Really familiar with because before I was always buying these properties either you know doing seller financing or doing conventional loans with you know like a, a broker, a mortgage broker, and you know Fannie, Freddie, May type of loans. And so going into the commercial loan area is so much different because they underwrite their own loans, they're able to keep the loans in house, and you don't—they don't have to be inside that box that some of these Fannie or Freddie uh, brokered loans have to be in. And it's like, they could just do so much more. So I'm getting, you know, 80% loan to purchase, which, um, you know, is, is great. And, uh, it just really so much. So there's so many fewer documents to sign when you're going to close and uh, <laughs> just so much easier to do.
1: So why did you get a commercial loan on this sevenplex, Nat?
2: Why did I get a commercial loan on the seven bucks? Because it is five units or more, any property that is considered commercial multifamily is five units or more and anything one to four units is residential. And so once you get outside of that uh, four unit area, you have to move up into a different kind of a loan.
1: Okay. So a traditional load just wasn't even an option. Correct. Okay.
2: That I was a very, that. that was very, yeah, that was a very softball
0: pitch right there. Mindy, nice I job.
1: Went, not everybody knows that brand. <laughs> I know it's good. It's I good. I mean, I'm, you don't know you're anything. Educating so people.
0: I've learned that multi-family over five or five units or greater now requires a commercial loan. I, yes. You know, you learn something new every day.
1: <laughs> okay, so you right. have you have a mortgage. What is your pay? Oh, so I want to say, I don't know if I told you this, Brandon. I told Nat before we started recording. Okay. I got a letter recently from a fairly frustrated listener who said, you never go over the numbers and I want you to go over the numbers. I want to hear these numbers so that we can start learning. So that's why we're doing this. Did I already say that?
0: If we responded every to every angry, angry letter, I I would not be on the show anymore. Sorry.
1: Brandon's home address is (laughs) 123 Cool Street.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brandon sucks. Get him off the show. (laughs) He sounds like a five foot two. I don't know. Whatever you said. (laughs) Chihuahua in a purse. (laughs) Chihuahua in a purse. (laughs) Get that guy off the show.
3: (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Nat Borders is my new favorite guest. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. So let's talk, <laughs> so let's talk numbers. So your, 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 your payment is how much roughly or, and and, and where's the, where's the numbers break down on this? Yeah. So, uh,
2: I have a, a loan for five and a half percent and my, my loan payment is principal uh, and interest is uh, about $3,700 a month. If you throw in my insurance and you throw in my taxes, I'm all in about $4,500 uh, a year or sorry. Okay. not
0: a month, yeah. A year, that'd be great.
3: That'd be awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> that would be nice.
0: do you have? I'm assuming you pay water, sewer, garbage. There is
2: that separated. Can you separate it? Yeah. So uh, I pay. I pay uh, water, sewer. Tenants are responsible for garbage.
0: Okay. Have you considered sub metering or trying to somehow outsource that
2: to the tenants? Uh, yeah. So uh, in the unit that is rented, uh, that that tenant is actually paying uh, the utility bill. that I think it's an extra fifty bucks a month. They're actually paying that in their lease. So they're paying eleven fifty plus fifty dollars a month. But we haven't. We have it separately metered. Any yeah, units. that's a good suggestion, though. Yeah, yeah there are
0: there are companies that will yeah like sub meter your individual units, obviously. But um, what's that called? It's not much. In fact, there was a oh, I, I wish I could give them a plug, but I can't remember their exact name. I think it's called like True Meter or something like that. I, they hit me up on Instagram actually, kind of randomly. I'll, I'll get a link to it and put it in the show notes anyway. They've got actually like this cool device that actually attaches directly to like. The toilet, the sink, the the shower, like they've got these little like Wi-Fi enabled submeter and things. So you don't have to do any major plumbing. You just unscrew the the line. Anyway, that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I can't remember their name exactly. So I'll just put a link in the show notes, but it was a very interesting model. But otherwise, some people do it just on the hot water heater. If the water lines aren't separated, like in a lot of multifamilies are not separated. So everybody shares, you just put it on just the hot water heater. Or like you said, like you're doing, you just charge a surcharge. Like, hey, 50 bucks a month. I've actually found a lot of success with that because I don't have to do any work at all plumb- like plumbing wise. And uh, you still get to advertise a lower price. So, so
1: exactly. do you get anybody complaining? Oh, I don't use $50 of, of water. Do you? No, nope,
2: never. Brandon, yeah, why? I you- never have either.
1: Oh, okay. Nope, never have. Um, mm-hmm. We had a really interesting episode, uh, Bigger Pockets podcast number 131. You can get there, biggerpockets.com slash show 131 with Serge Shukat, who has, mm. uh, he talks about sub meter. He talks nah. about sub metering <laughs> a property, yep. and um, he's got some really great tips in that episode. I really like that episode a lot.
0: Yeah, I do, too. That was uh, that was legit. And sometimes I find that like so I bought a fourplex for my daughter a few years ago or I don't know, 18 months ago when she was <laughs> born. Uh, and uh, like it was my my her college education. Right. I've told that story a million times here. Uh, but what what makes that property so good and cash flowing, like cash was like a thousand dollars a month. The reason it's so good, though, is because every unit is separately metered. And they all pay their own water, sewer, garbage, electricity, and so like my like my my expenses on the property are so low on the properties where I have to pay water, sewer, garbage like that's sometimes more than the mortgage payment on in my area. So uh, yeah, that that can that can turn a, a deal from like. Well, you go find a deal on the MLS, and you're like, "Well, that's not a very good deal." But then just thinking, "Well, what if could I submeter those and transfer that over?" All of a sudden, a mediocre, not such a good deal, could become a home run deal just by creatively thinking. How can I, you know, do things
2: like that? So mm-hmm. uh, that's, such a yeah. good, that's such a good point. I mean, y- if you come in, you can see you see the opportunity, obviously, to to add value just in terms of rents, right? Rents are low. You yep. can just already immediately increase rents. You can add paint, carpet. Increase rents. And then obviously there's another value add when you can just, you know, Hey, I'm going to tack on another $50 a month uh, for this utility charge and obviously increase my income for this property. And that's something that the the owner hadn't even thought about before.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes like today, like in, I would say this today, back like eight years ago, right. When 2007, eight, nine, when the market was really, really horrible. Right. Like you could find good deals that are just around you. Just, they were just like lying around. You just find them. And you're like, oh, there's a good deal. There's a good deal. Today, you don't find good deals. You make good deals, right? So you have to think like, how do I make this a good deal? You like that quote, Mindy? I you do. Can I like that, that later. a lot. Mm. I'm going to tweet that
1: later. You can I'll
0: tweet write that, that down. later. Yeah. So you don't don't find good deals anymore. You make them. And so you make them by thinking, I mean, how can I add a bedroom to this? How can I add a water charge? How can I, you know, increase the rent? Like you said, remodel, add paint and carpet. Uh, What I find is that, especially in today's economy, tenants seem to be willing to pay more for nicer stuff. Now that won't always be true. I'm sure when, when everybody gets scared that the sky is falling, then people tend to be a little more conservative. But right now, I mean, tenants are paying crazy amounts just because it has nicer floors. Uh, Because everyone's
4: feeling confident. So, this show is sponsored by Airbnb. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Take a second and imagine this immediate cash flow, above average rent, built in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. With their new construction single family rent to own homes, you'll get aggressively priced, brand new properties that have tenants in place now. In one of the fastest growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent to own strategy works. You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder partner relationships. Then, invest and collect immediate cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above market rent, so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built in equity and appreciation with an already agreed to purchase price at year three helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets need to hire? You need indeed. Cool. All right. So, what do you expect after you're done after you're done
0: remodeling this property, all the units are up to par, you got it all managed, you know, uh, you know, streamlined, everything's working. What do you expect it to cash flow?
2: Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping uh, you know, it to cash flow somewhere, you know, between uh 3 and uh, 2 and 3,000 a month on this awesome. thing. So, you know, I mean, if we're getting eight, uh, $7,000 $8,000 a month in rents, you know, we should be doing pretty well there, uh, obviously, you know, but I obviously committed a decent amount of capital to it, you know, $170,000, you know, expecting to get you know a decent return there. So do you have
0: a number that you look for in a return? Like, do you say, hey, I need to get at least this much per unit or this much percentage?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I like to get double digits in my returns. And I mean, I look at real estate as a, as a form of arbitrage, right? I'm always looking and saying, okay, we can, you know, I'm borrowing from the bank at 5%, when I'm expecting to get at least 10%, that 5% that I make in between the five and the 10, that's mine. And, you know, that's one of those things where a lot of people, I think they they don't really think about that side of things before they, they do a deal. You know, they're just looking at, Hey, just the basic, you know, um, you're looking at your, your rents minus your debt service. You think you have that cash flow? No, there's much more to it. And you have to make sure you really know those numbers so that you can figure out what your profit margin is going to be. Perfect.
0: Love it. Love it. All right. So let's, let's go over to the the 20 units that you're thinking about buying. 20 houses. Is that what you said? Right, like, yeah. Oh, you got something first, Mindy?
1: I do. I want to know if you manage this property yourself or oh, do yeah, you problem. hire it out to a property management company?
2: Yeah. So I, I learned a, a long time ago that property management, management wasn't for me. Uh, I, I've got a story to tell about that. I was, uh, uh, I was playing professional soccer in Salt Lake city and it was the night before game. And, you know, I'm always really adamant about my, uh, my preparation before a game. And uh, so I, you know, I, I, have my pregame dinner, you know, I watch my TV show. I, I go to bed and it's like 1130, my phone rings. Right. And I'm like, look at it, you know, expecting, you know, not to answer it, but of course it's a tenant. And it was uh, a tenant from this triplex. i just purchased uh, a Hispanic tenant and I speak passable Spanish and this tenant spoke, no English. So they called me and they just were beside themselves like blah, 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 blah. So I heard something like fuego, which means fire. And I'm like, what's uh, fire? <laughs> and they're like, ah, I was, they're like did something about electricity. And I was like, Oh my God, I gotta get, I gotta get down there. So like, I didn't even think like, Hey, like call nine one one or anything. I just said, I'm coming down there. So I just like, get out of bed. I put on my clothes. I just race down to this triplex and I show up there and I don't see any smoke. There's no fire, nothing there. And I go to the unit. I'm like, what's going on guys? What's the problem? They're like, well, my, my electricity doesn't work. Is What they are trying to tell me. I was like, Oh, really? Uh, Your, your, your electricity (laughs) doesn't work. I was like, well, where's the, where's the electrical (laughs) panel? So we we go, we try to find the electrical panel and it's nowhere to be found. Like there's just, it's this like kind of, you know, additional unit that was added to this property. And there's no electrical panel. Like can't find it. So I then I have to go to the unit next door, knock on the door, and say, hey, you know, I um, have to wake them up. Of course, it's a, a Friday night. Hey, can you guys let us in? We go in into the unit, and sure enough, their panel actually works for that other unit's panel or electricity. So, and they had just tripped a, a circuit breaker. So we just had to tr- flip the circuit breaker on, and and that was that. And I was like, after that experience, I was like. I am, I'm done with this property management thing. Like I'm taking calls at 1130 at night. I'm like ruining my preparation for a game. And you know, it's time for me to move on from this thing. The most important question though, is did you win the next day? You know, I played like crap, but, but we won. Okay, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Which is all that matters.
0: <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, I have a similar like story. I mean, just I had a tenant call me. The only middle of the night call I've ever had, it was like one in the morning. The tenant called me and said there's water leaking all over the place. And uh, I ran over there. It was only a block from my house. This is my first year ever as a landlord. And I uh, ran over there and she was just doing dishes and like in at one in the morning and the pipe underneath, like the the drain line underneath just came disconnected. So if she would have just stopped doing dishes, then there wouldn't be water everywhere. <laughs> But of course she doesn't know that. So like I go over there, I just shut the water off and I turn around and just walk back out. I was like, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow.
2: Mike, anyway. Mike, Mike, Mike dropped. Yeah 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 <laughs> it's like it's like it's so funny though I, I look at property managers now and they they're like kind of like the I don't know the middleman between you and tenants like they manage all that information right they manage yeah. all those calls and you just get to see like the report you just get to to hear like the big stuff that happens and it's like such a refreshing thing when you can scale yeah. up and and not have to manage your own properties it was so refreshing for me so now I've got a, a really good property management company here in in Salem that takes care of my properties and it's just such a relief not to have to worry about it awesome
0: love it all right so now let's move over to these houses you got them under contract you're looking to or how does that work are they actually all houses and how did you do that
2: yeah so there it's a portfolio deal a 28 a two bedroom one bathroom houses and it's been a roller coaster of a deal i got these things under contract last june Oh wow! Went through months and months of due diligence, so I, I've got a really good property inspector, and we went through these these units just with a fine tooth, tooth comb, and uh, there was a lot of issues with them. So you know, we ended up having to get some you know concessions on the seller side. Um, I ended up, in order to take this thing down, I had to sell four of my properties in Salt Lake in a 1031 exchange. To make sure this whole thing would work. So I was under the gun with that 45 days and the 180 days to close. And so basically where we're at now is, uh, the sellers, he needs to fix up the properties to, you know, what we think are, uh, you know, good enough for us. And then we're going to close on those properties in, in March, on March 1st. Awesome.
0: Well, congratulations. That's, I mean, who sells 28 houses in one shot and why do they do that? And where'd you find it?
2: Well, that's a great, that's a great question. It's a unique deal for sure. It's not, it's not, you know, a 28 units under one roof. It's actually 28 different bungalow houses, which is kind of weird, but uh, it's a sixplex here, a sixplex there, and then a 16 plex over here. So they're all on, you know, three different tax lots and uh, it's just, the way they were they were built, but it was a, a guy who he had owned these properties uh, for a long time in his you know uh, in his family. So he they kind of had them passed on from generation to generation. And he got to a point in time where he was like, you know what, I'm 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 done with this. Uh, he's got some partners he's in on this like family that he's like, you know, I'm ready to to move on from and and just want to get this thing done. And he has the capacity, believe it or not, to fix these properties up for me before. I buy them. So my, the roofs will all be brand new, new hot water heaters, um, new sewer lines. So like the bones will be really, really good. Uh, so I'm not going to have to you know, go in and do those major expenses when I, when I take them over.
0: So then uh, let's talk water sewer garbage again. They're separate houses. So are the tenants already currently paying water sewer garbage or can you tr- shift that to them?
2: Uh, so that is, that is where this deal is, is uh, a lot better than the seven flex in terms of the expenses. Uh, they, they each pay for their individual, uh, you know, water, sewer, garbage, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, these are one of my favorite types of properties to buy are these little like groupings of bungalows, you know, these little like smaller houses that are usually in a group. Uh, I've got a few of those now and I, I love those things because yeah, they gen- typically Tenants expect to pay their own water, sewer, garbage. is not weird. They're usually sub-metered for that reason, yep. and it's like next step up from an apartment, but not quite like a standalone house. So I usually get better quality tenants in those as well. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Having, having I think there's something to be said about having your own space. You know, not sharing a wall. Yep. And yeah. these are these are really recession proof types of products. You know, you're talking about two bedroom, one bathroom house that's going to rent between 900 to $1,100 a month, maybe more. And, you know, there's a, a big segment of the renting population who can afford that. And yep. so if you're looking forward to, Hey, you know, we got this big thing coming, we don't know when it's going to happen or what it's going to look like, uh, the slowdown, uh, you know, this is a, a, I think a great place to be because it's really affordable. You're not in this you know luxury housing where you're trying to rent for two or $3,000 a month.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I, I guess my uh, last question before we move on to the fire round, Lesmin, do you got anything else? I just want to know where you're headed next. Like what's your future look like?
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of goals. I, I just posted a, an article about, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs. And and yeah. uh, I, I got that I got that from uh, a Jim Collins book, um, Built to Last. And I, I think that's, you know, and when I started out in real estate investing, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy, I want to get 10, 10 doors, 10 houses, and I'm good, right? And so I got there and I was like, all right, I want to get 25. I'm going to be good, right? And so I'm almost there. I'm one door away. And, you know, with this next property deal, I'm going to be obviously you know head and shoulders above that so you know i i just want to i like real estate investing i like being a part of the game i like the relationships i like the cash flow and i I like the just being able to have that financial freedom right being being able to say hey i can do whatever i want with with the time i have you know i have young kids and i'm not trying to go out and work 80 hour weeks so I can miss this, this time right now. You know, I really want to be with them and real estate, you know, can provide that for, for anybody. And it's definitely given me that, that luxury.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Mindy, yeah. anything to add before we move on?
1: No, I just want to reiterate what he just said. Real estate can provide that for anybody. That is so true. Real estate is accessible. You know, it, there's all these people that say, oh, I can't do this. Like you said earlier, I can't invest in real estate because of this, this, this. No, you can it, it may not in New York city in Manhattan or, you know, downtown San Francisco. I don't know any of those places, but you know, it's accessible. You just start with one. How many did you start with? What was your first purchase? A single property? Yeah.
2: Single family property in, in Denver, Colorado and, you know, moved, yeah. move, moved on up. And it's, it's amazing. You, you just, it's like running a marathon, right? You just, you gotta get, you gotta get going, get your body moving, get out there, get off Get out of your bed and, and and just get started because it's a long race for sure. But you, you, you get there eventually and you we've all seen this this appreciation, you know, in the last you know 10 years that we've been in this game. And uh, it was scary, you know, in 2008 and 2009, 2010, when we saw this downturn. But you stay with it and you just make sure that you're buying with a, a game plan and you see the results for sure.
1: Are you Perfect. going to be running the Hop Hop Half Marathon in Portland at the end of March?
2: Hop, hop, half marathon. I've never even heard of that.
1: Well, maybe you should look in the paper. There's the hop, hop, half marathon happening in Portland (laughs) at the end of March. And I know this because my husband is running it.
2: Uh, He is. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to say what's up to Mr. Mr. Jensen.
1: Yes. Carl. That's cool. Carl will be there. JD Roth will be there. Brandon, you should come down and visit. You could show Nat just how long your legs can run.
0: Mm. That's true. What I think I like- could run. I think I could run faster than that. I'm actually, you know, I'm, a, I'm an athlete, unlike the guy who sits on the couch all day over here.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. Heard, heard you've been trying to get some, get a little, uh, get the heart pumping a little bit, Brandon.
0: Yeah, I'm attempting. I'm, I'm attempting to get some work done in my life.
1: Oh, uh, are you going to be anywhere near Portland on March 31st, slacker?
0: Probably not. Ugh. Who knows?
1: Okay. never we'll mind. I am going to be in town then.
0: Oh, you guys should go hang out.
1: Yeah. yeah. We should go have dinner.
2: I'll take you maybe to, to a cool place that has really nice views.
1: Ooh, I like really nice views.
2: Portland and the food is tremendous. I like that maybe, too. May, maybe there should be a Bigger
0: Pockets meetup while you're in town as well. And people could find out about that at BiggerPockets.com such events.
1: They could. And, uh, you That's know, a maybe, great maybe we'll idea. Yes, maybe maybe good I will. Event. That would be an All awesome right. idea. Maybe maybe Nat could attend.
2: Maybe he could. As long as I don't have any anything uh, going on, I'm there.
1: Awesome. Well, All we'll right. talk offline. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move
0: on and head to the world famous fire round. It's time for the fire round. These questions come direct out of the BiggerPockets forums, which, of course, people can get to and ask questions free of charge anytime, day or night, at BiggerPockets.com forums. But number one, what type of software do you use in your company to manage your business? I'm keeping that kind of open-ended question because, you know, it's it was a little more specific than that. But we'll
2: just say in general, what softwares do you use? Well, my property management company uses AppFolio, which okay. is great for, for rents. Uh, I mean, I'm really not too software, I don't know, oriented. I, I like Microsoft Excel. I, I, I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. I I got, Excel. I, got, I got a degree in, a, in accounting, so I'm all about that.
1: Oh, well, that's right. interesting. A degree uh-huh. in accounting—I didn't even think to ask. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. A degree in accounting—that's interesting that you would apply that to your numbers and become a real estate investor. Yeah, uh, do you have here. any interest <laughs> in? Do you have any interest in being an accountant or doing any sort of like accounting mm-hmm. stuff? No.
2: I did an intern. I did an internship for Price when I was in college. It was right before I got—I started playing professionally. I, it was not something I enjoyed. We were like on audit team and it was like, it was like clock in at like 7am clock out 7pm during tax season. It was just miserable. I was like, I don't want to do that.
0: So you don't want to do my taxes this year? Are you sure?
2: Mm, how much will you pay me, Brandon? Hundred dollars flat. Yeah, fee. yeah, I think you got a lot of. There's gonna be a lot of forms and um, a lot of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of dots to connect, man. And, there are uh, a few things. I feel bad for you. may owe some money. I might mess up your depreciation schedule. <laughs> you you very well might. Well, I'm glad you when you
0: had that really hard decision between playing professional soccer and being an accountant. I'm glad you went with soccer. That's that's very noble. So, moving on. Question moving number two. On. Andy.
1: I want to go back to what Nat just said. He said, I might miss our, mess up your depreciation schedule. I want to give a public service announcement to all of our landlords out there. If you are not currently depreciating your properties, you need to start. And I don't know how to do that. I get, rely on my accountant. <laughs> I would not try to give you advice. We have a delightful book called Real Estate Investing for the Tax Savvy Investor. That's Invest- hor- the,
0: the book, book on tax strategies for the savvy, savvy real estate investor. investor. Come on.
1: Thank you. I, am I made that title. Person. Come on this was written by an accountant, Amanda Hahn. So yeah, if you don't know, if you don't know that you're supposed to take appreciation, the government doesn't care. They're going to assume you did anyway. So make sure you're depreciating your properties. Okay. Next question. My husband and I are thinking about investing in our first multiplex and plan on hiring a property management company. When doing our research, what would be some key things to look for, questions to ask, et cetera. I'd like to ask my friends and mentors at Bigger Pockets what are good questions to ask when choosing a property management company?
2: Hmm. Well, I, I think for me, when I look at a property management company, I'm looking for experience. Number one, I'm trying to figure out how long have you been in the game? Number two, do you own property as well? Are you aware of all the issues that can go on with being an owner? I think that is very, very important. And then number three, you know, how how savvy are they in terms of, uh, you know, understanding market rents and how much you know, work do they do to, 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 figure out what market rents actually are, uh, because that's a number that, you know, for, it can vary from neighborhood to neighborhood, place to place, you know, you know, one side of the tracks could be $500 a month. One side of the tracks could be 700. So more experience, the better, definitely the more better understanding of the market, the better. Good All answer.
0: Right. And kind of a related question here. How often do you call your property
2: manager and check in? Well, since we just took over our seven plex, we'll probably have a, a a lot of conversations this week, but I would say in general, every couple of weeks we're, we're on the phone and at the bare minimum once a month. All
3: right. Oh,
1: you know what? That's really, imp- that's a great question, Brandon. Good job. Thank you. I'm good is, at reading. I think that is, <laughs> <laughs> thanks whoever answered that, asked that question in the forums. Um, no, that is a really important question to ask because how how often do you call them? Do you just wait for them to call you at least once a month? That's great. Okay, yeah. you heard it here from Nat Uh, Let's see. Do we want to talk about inspections or metrics? Let's talk about metrics. In California, my local market, I'm having trouble deciding which metric to use for buy and hold investments and what I consider a good percentage for metrics like IRR or cash on cash return. I'd like your input. On what metrics you use, and what percent or number you look for in your
2: investments? Mm, that's a great question. I think that I think that varies from investor to investor. I used to care a lot about a lot of different numbers, and and I've really come to terms with a few key indicators for me. And and that price to rent ratio is is one of the biggest for me. I, I think just the the amount of rents I'm going to get per month in relationship to the purchase price is huge. And and uh, I, I typically want to get that to somewhere around one percent. If I possibly can. So if I'm buying a hundred thousand dollar single family property, I'd like to get at least a thousand dollars a month in rent. I think that's that's a big one for me. Cash on cash return is also a big one. Just trying to figure out, okay, if I'm buying this property and I'm putting all this money into uh, you know a down payment into uh, the rehab, you know, what am I going to get uh, back? You know, in year one uh, with my rents, and I think that uh, that's another another big one for me. But I, I try not to you know, I try to get too lost in the weeds there. I I think we overcomplicate things. And I mean, even having my accountant background, it's like, gosh, you know, I could, I could just fart out a spreadsheet and have all kinds of different, uh, you know, numbers on it and make myself look, look smart. But honestly, those are the two biggest numbers I look for. And then you have to manage the, manage the, the income and the expenses. And those are the the two biggest things where you can, you can lose or, or win.
0: Perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. I would look for, yeah, I'm mine, mine's cash on cash return and cash flow per door. I look for both of those because like sometimes you can get a really good cash on cash return when you put like a dollar into a deal. If you're really creative about it, let's like, yeah. wow, I'm making a 200% return, two bucks a year. It's like, a, anyways, <laughs> I, I look for, yeah, it's like I, on a multifamily, I look for a hundred dollars per month per unit and a 12% return, but that's like my numbers, right? And somebody, like you said earlier, you like double digit cash on cash. Yeah, exactly. Like but somebody else might be fine with 7%. That might be fantastic because they're earning one right now. Or you might want 20% because you're buying, you know, a bunch of crappy properties in Detroit. You might like, you know, 18% might be too low for that kind of risk. So, mm-hmm.
2: anyway. well, and I, I, think, I think to that point, Brandon, I think... You know, when you go to to meet with other investors and you hear about deals getting done, I, I don't think you should ever be intimidated by people who, you know, say they're doing getting better deals than you. Because I think that, um, you know, I did early on. I was like, man, like, how did he get that deal? Or man, that's, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, that's great for him. I'm happy for him. You yeah. know, I I don't want to count his money. Uh, I I want to do things you know the way I do I do things right. It's it's more important that I get the returns I'm looking for and I find the deals I you know I want to find because he could be buying in a neighborhood that's like. Blah, yeah. you know, where and he gets this great cash and cash return, but he's also dealing with five evictions and a shooting. Whereas, you know, you're over here in this other neighborhood and uh, your cash and cash return may not be as good, but you know, you you your rents are you, know, you can account for your rents a little bit better. They come in every month.
0: That's such a good point. People should like rewind the last thirty seconds, hit that little like back button and listen to that again, because that was solid. Solid. Yes. Uh, all right. Cool. Was, all right. That was so, great
1: advice. Don't compare yourself was fantastic. to somebody else.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I really like that. And let's all remember too, that like people talk about their good stuff a lot more than they talk about their bad stuff. Like I talk about <laughs> like Ro- the, the four points I bought for Rosie is fantastic. Like that's such a great deal. I talk about it all the time, but I don't really that, talk that often about, I don't know, like the flip I did last year that I made like $7,000 on. Cause I'm like, yeah, it was just kind of a lame flip. I'm like, I just don't talk about it that much because I'm not proud of it. So, like, but
1: you know what? I think yeah. you should talk about that because people have this idea that you're some brilliant investor who never makes I'm a mistake not. ever, and they <laughs> need to know the truth that that's just some facade.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total facade. Brandon has no Take idea
1: that. what he's wow. doing.
0: No. So, uh, okay. I'll, I'll tell the story real quickly. So yeah, I made like seven grand on a flip and it was a, like, I didn't have to do any work. So it's still seven grand. I don't want to scoff at that, but like it was a ton of work. Uh, but two things happened. One, I bought the deal in a massive rush because we were filming for that TV show pilot thing that I filmed for that never actually worked out. Uh, I'll put a link to that if you guys want to see the, the, the trailer or the pilot or whatever you want to call it, the sizzle reel, I guess what they call it. I'll put it in the show notes, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, Yeah, it was kind of fun. I mean, we filmed for a couple of days, but I needed a house to work on. And like, I had a week to find something. So I bought it from another investor I knew that, and it wasn't a great deal. So, anyway, first reason I didn't, I had horrible motivation for buying it, the wrong motivation for buying it. But secondly, uh, once we got into the deal, our entire plan was to remodel this back area and turn it into a two bedroom, one bath, two additional two bedroom, one bath. So it'd be a four bedroom house instead of the two. Anyway, we went to the County cause it was in the, in the County area to go get permits. And they're like, uh-uh, nope, that wasn't permitted when it was built. That back section was never permitted. You have to tear it down to the ground and rebuild it if you want to do anything in there. And they're like, and so like all of a sudden my plan to turn this two bedroom, one bath into a four bedroom, two bath was just completely cut off. And they're like, no. So I turned it into a two bedroom, one bath with a garage. And the only thing that saved me was the fact that the market has been insane. Uh, and so lesson learned, always check if there's weird additions onto a property and you're thinking you're going to do something and get permits for it, check before you buy it and make sure that, uh, the spot is actually the thing that you're buying is permitted. Cause that was a, that was a blow. Yeah.
1: That same thing yeah. happened to me. My current house. Yeah. I bought this house with this weird edition and I said, oh, I want to put something on top of that edition. They said that edition doesn't exist. Yep. Oh, contraire. Yep. I'm standing in it right now.
3: <laughs> the room's over my head, city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah large, anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there's one of my, there's one of my not so awesome deals, but you know what? I, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Let's get to the famous for. All right. Hey, everyone, we need to take a quick break here. You notice it's a little microphone sound change because now I'm back on my good microphone. Uh, and we had a lot of tech problems with this show, actually. And so we actually lost about three minutes of recording right here. For whatever reason, the sound just cut out and we lost uh, the first three answers to the uh, famous four.
1: Famous four. Famous Luckily. four. We got to sing it, Brandon. Th-
0: we do have to sing it. That was really good, Mindy. So here we are the, <laughs> the night before the show comes out. Editing and putting together this show and we find out that we don't have it. So me and Mindy here, Mindy and I, is it me and Mindy? I don't know. Mindy and I. Mindy and, Mindy I. and I.
1: Mindy and uh, I. You're always second Min- place.
0: I am. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, Mindy wrote down his the answers for the first three that, the you know, book, business book and whatever. So Mindy, tell us, what was Nat's favorite uh, real estate book?
1: Nat's favorite real estate book is called Defensive Real Estate Investing by Bill Bronchick.
0: All right. Wow. I've not read that one. I haven't to look. I
1: have either, but we're going to put a link to all of these in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show two, six, seven. So if anybody wants to go check it out, we'll have a link to it
0: that we will. All right. The second question of the famous four. And by the way, again, we'll, we'll bring that back in here on question four. We got question four, just not the first three. All right. Question number two, what was Nat's favorite business book?
1: compound effect by darren hardy i don't know maybe you've heard this before
0: i have it's a fantastic book i've read that like five times and uh as i said when we recorded it i told him like now this is like one of my favorite uh, personal development books if you can call it that like it's really just it's unbelievably good i recommend every single person on earth buy it in fact I, that's probably the number one most gifted book that i give that one in life and air anyway
1: good. oh book. wow okay well that's good yeah. to know that's a yeah. ringing endorsement from mr brandon it turner is.
0: Ringing. Is, that, ringing. is that good?
1: Th- okay. That means good, Brandon.
0: Okay, good, good. It's ringing. <laughs> I'm ringing.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, number three, What? Uh, what is Nat's hobbies? Nat's hobbies are running and playing with his Ugh. kids. I know, I'm not a big fan of running, but when what? we r- originally recorded this with Nat, I told him, hey, I'm going to be out in your area in Portland, the Portland area. for Portland,
0: the ho- Oregon. Not Portland, Portland Oregon,
1: not Portland, Maine. Um, although, if you're going to Portland, Maine, you can say hi to the uh, Mainers up there. Um, Portland, Oregon, at the end of March, there is a hop, hop, half marathon that my husband is going to be running. I am going to be cheering him on from the sidelines. But on March 29th, I am going to have a meetup in Portland. This was your suggestion. You're like, hey, you should totally do this. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to do this. And then it turns out that all of that was lost so um but i'm (laughs) very excited to have a meetup at uh bunk bar in portland from six to eight on march 29th so if anybody wants to come out and say hi i would love to meet you
0: and that is 2018 in case you're watching this show or listening to it like five years in the future
1: that is 2018 um so i'm sorry that i missed you we could blame brandon
0: sorry future self we're talking to people in the future. That's the coolest thing. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to actually Nat's answer to number four because you don't want to hear me and Mindy talking about Nat. Let's hear it from Nat directly. All right, let's jump back to the recording. Okay. Anyway, last question from me of the day. Uh, what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started?
2: I think it's just... Like Richard Branson says, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You have to go out and just have to do it. And I think it's scary when you haven't done it before. And But, you know, once you get a deal under your belt and – you, you know, you realize it, it's not that hard and you just kind of just keep going. And I think that's the mentality you have to have is just every single day you, you just check that box. Did I do something to progress in this real estate investing thing? You know, am I still making offers? Am I uh, still learning? Uh, I think those are two key, two key things to always keep in mind if you want to, to keep progressing in this game. I love that.
1: That's great. Where can people find out more about you?
2: Well, I have a website, uh, natborchersrealestate.com. You can find me there, and I'm all over social media as well. Uh, my handle is natborchers for I think everything Instagram, Twitter, uh, clever backslash natborchers for Facebook page as well, Mindy. So nice. yeah, you can you can find me there. I, I didn't I didn't say beardy nat or beardy. Beardy Borchers at all? I should though. I think that should be my new hashtag, right? See,
0: yeah, it, 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 actually, it's a great idea, Beardy
2: Beardy Borchers. How do you spell your last name? B O R C H E R S. Just like it sounds. All right.
1: Beardy well, Borchers. Uh, First, like. that that works if you've got a real beard. Throw it a does. beardy it, in there.
0: Yes. So yep, Beardy uh, Brandon no. doesn't work.
1: Come on. Come You're, on. It you works. said it.
2: Kind, of, kind of, a little Beardy Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, kind of mustache-y, beardy, Brandon. <laughs>
0: all right, I'm closing the show out. Nat, this has been fantastic. I love all this stuff. So, thank you so much for joining us today. And maybe we'll uh, get you back on the show when you get up to those million units you're gonna someday get. I know. Thanks, guys. <laughs> been a pleasure.
1: Okay, bye, all Nat. Right,
0: thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Nat Borchers. Am I saying that right, Mindy? Nat the
1: Beard The Beard Borchers.
0: Borchers. Fantastic show. Super cool guy. Super cool beard. Puts mine to shame. He's like the true beardy Borchers. But anyway, no, (laughs) I I think that that was super cool. So thank you for actually, Mindy's the one that petitioned, fought for getting Nat on the show and she did all the hard work of tracking him down on Twitter and all that. So good job.
1: Yes. So back to the beginning of the show, we, we gave you a quick tip to go out and meet somebody at a local event. I want you to tweet or how do you say it on Instagram?
0: I don't even know. Gram. You can gram.
1: Gram it. Obviously that's not my favorite. Gram Um, it. Tweet or gram it uh, that you have, (laughs) that you have gone to an event and that you have met somebody. Do, do you do hashtags on Instagram? You do. Hashtag event challenge. Now, Brandon Ooh, is- Ooh,
0: hashtag event at, challenge.
1: Brandon is at Brandon at BP on Twitter. I am at Mindy at BP on Twitter. And Brandon, and I am also at Mindy at BP on Instagram. Brandon, what is your Instagram?
0: It's Beardy Brandon, because that's oh. easy to say. That's why beardy I
1: Brandon. Yeah, Beardy I Brandon. Beardy Brandon.
0: I just feel weird now that Nat, Nat is so much more beardy than I am. He so is. I'm like less Beardy Brandon, but yeah, Beardy Brandon. Anyway, check it out. Follow us on Instagram too, because I am such a like Instagram, like 15 year old girl. It's great. I love it. I spend <laughs> a lot of time on there. So okay. On we want right. to, yeah,
1: we want to hear about your event and uh,
0: yeah, let us know. Yeah.
1: That'd be great. All right.
0: I'm getting out of here. Cause you know why?
1: Uh, you're in Hawaii and it's, yeah, t- it's surf o'clock.
0: o'clock. Yeah. It's surf o'clock. I've actually, Everyone. I've been here for two weeks now. And I have not surfed yet. Uh, in fact, <gasps> I was going to go with Doug yesterday, uh, but it was like thunderstorm and lightning. And I was like, so i want to go Thursday now. Anyway.
1: Thunderstorms and lightning are very, very frightening. Mamma mia, mamma mia.
0: Anyway. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for being a part of the show and listening. And if you enjoy it, make sure you leave us a rating and review over on iTunes. It helps us a ton. And make sure you share this on your Facebook if you want to as well. You can find the YouTube video over on YouTube. And uh, that's all I got for you. So for biggerpockets.com, my name is Brandon and this is
1: Mindy Jensen